We turn in God's Word this morning, first of all, to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to read three passages this morning, Exodus 20, and then that which is repeated for us in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and then we will come to Ephesians chapter 6. (coughs) So we begin in Exodus chapter 20. We're going to be reading verse 12. As the people of Israel came out of Egypt, there on Mount Sinai, the Father gives His will to them. We come to verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if you page forward to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, it'll be verse 16. The law is repeated in Deuteronomy because now they're about ready to enter that land that was spoken of in Exodus, chapter 20. And we hear the repetition now. They're about it to enter the land. Verse 16, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And now we go to Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Thus far the reading of God's word this morning. Let's again bow in prayer. Shall we pray? Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we praise you, uh, dear Father, because uh, you are our Heavenly Father and uh, you are perfect. And we just praise you and thank you, dear Lord. And uh, we just help uh, pray that you will help us to be conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior, that we also uh, as earthly fathers, will will display the image of the living God. We thank you, Father, for the word that's brought this morning. <clears throat> we ask your blessing on the word and your blessing on Pastor Bob as he brings the message this morning. Give him everything that he stands in need of. And, Father, may once again you work in our hearts and in our lives, Father, that we will not leave here unchanged, but will be further equipped to serve you in this world. All this in the name of our Savior, alone we pray. Amen. And amen. Uh, Reminds me if we have if you have other prayer requests for this evening's uh, prayer, uh, please make use of the blue prayer slips and put them outside the door if you would. Two notes uh, before we begin. Notes of introduction before I get into the body of the outline that is before you. First of all, the placement of this particular command. If we were to go back and number the commandments. The commandment in Deuteronomy and in Exodus becomes the fifth command. 
Honor your father and mother. In the traditional way of dividing up the commandments, there are four commandments that go on the responsibility of man towards God and then six commandments that are the responsibility of man living in relationship with other men. So it, it's sort of four vertical and six, as it were, horizontal in our dimensions of life. However, there are some good arguments put forward that actually this fifth command belongs in the first category. For as God gives the command, honor your father and mother, it is certainly not outside of the understanding that he is referencing our responsibility to him. That the command to honor in this world as we do as children to our parents is indeed that which flows from our responsibility to honor him as is outlined in those first four commandments. So it might in some ways be better to understand this fifth commandment as first of all belonging in some respects to that first table of the law or at least being a bridge, being a, a means by which we now transition. But certainly it does not fully, God is not in this commandment seeking only to talk about our families. He is talking about his family and his relationship to us and our relationship to him as our father, which is what we'll come back to as we conclude our message. The second point is that once again, as we turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we see that God's concern for families is inclusive. We have talked about in this series on marriage, about marriage, the, the basis of it and what it forms. We've talked about the responsibilities of, of a married couple and how they are to relate to one another. What is the duty? What are the responsibilities God gives to husband? What are the responsibilities of God gives, that God gives to wives? The endurance of that marriage relationship that we dealt with for two Lord's Days dealing with the subject of divorce, which if you missed last Sunday and heard the first one, you really need to hear all that Jesus said about this subject because it does relate to our relationship with him and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. But God also includes the responsibility that children play within the family. If God blesses a marriage with children, how does that dynamic work itself into God's overall will as to how a family is to conduct itself? But he also includes, if you note in Ephesians chapter 6, the responsibility particularly that fathers have in regards to the raising and training up of their children in the Lord, which we will return to this evening as we look at Mark chapter 10 and Jesus' interaction with children as well as an example of how not only we as fathers are to, but how we as the church are to. So those by way of introduction. So then our three points for this morning. First of all, these are commands that are given to children. 
The first command is to honor their father and mother. The second command, which we find here in Ephesians chapter 6, is to obey your parents. And then thirdly, that upon this Father's Day, we too are called upon to remember our fathers and our fathers. First of all, to honor their father and mother. In the Hebrew, when we go back to this passage, particularly in uh, Exodus chapter 20, where we are told and given the command, honor your father and mother, the responsibility that is given in the Hebrew comes from a, a word called that, that we would pronounce kabod. It means to be heavy, to be weighty, to be burdensome. Now, you stop and think. Sometimes you kind of, you, you really got to put your thinking cap on to understand how that translates. How do we get the word honor from a word that means to be heavy, to be weighty, to be burdensome? That's what the Hebrew word that God uses in Exodus 20 means. In the Hebrew mind, as they hear God speak from the mountain, and then as Moses brings them this command, they're hearing honor. No, they're hearing to be heavy, to be weighty, to be burdensome. Which we in English now translate as honor. But you know, as I think about that, how appropriate. What picture in your mind comes when I said to be heavy, to be burdensome, to be weighty? You know the picture I have in my mind? You know, you know what immediately comes to my mind? I see someone stooping down and picking up their aged parent and taking them from the wheelchair to the bed. Now you think of that picture, right? Here is a grown child, an adult child, who is caring for their aged father, their aged mother, stooping down, picking up probably their frail body because they themselves are unable to gather the strength to do this task, and the child picks up the parent and carries the parent to the hospital bed. And then stays and tends to that parent. See, I don't think that the, the, the picture of to be heavy, to be weighty, to be burdensome is at all disassociated from honor. What a beautiful, loving thing. For a child to do for their parent. 
See, we, we didn't have Holland Home, we didn't have Sunset Manor, we didn't have Brookcrest. When God writes Exodus chapter 20, what's going to happen to those aged parents? What's going to happen to them while they travel for 40 years through the wilderness? What are we supposed to do with our parent as we're traveling through this wilderness? We're carrying our goods, our possessions, we got all this stuff, but mom and dad are getting old. From Mount Sinai, God says, honor your parents. Honor your father and mother through this whole lifelong journey that you are going to take. What does that mean you're going to have to do when mom and dad can't walk anymore? You're going to have to carry them. You're going to have to pick them up from place to place. Honor. Your parents. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel. And say to them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now the question is, how do we do that? How do we become, how, how do we act in a holy way like the Lord? Listen to the next verse. Every one of you shall revere his father, his mother, and his father. And you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. You shall not have idols. He basically is repeating the commands. But notice which one he put first. If you're going to be holy, what do you need to do? You need to revere your mother and your father. This is the responsibility that children have towards their parents. A responsibility that does not, you see, go away with time. Time does not condition this commandment. Turn with me to 1 Peter, excuse me, 1 Timothy, chapter 5. 1 Timothy, chapter 5. <coughs> Verse 3. 1 Timothy, chapter 5, 3. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn how to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So here's the New Testament. Comes and it's, it's proclaiming, be good to the poor, take care of the poor, watch out for the poor. Do all you can to assist the poor. Oh, here's the circumstance. You have a widow? Don't just rush in and help her. Let her children do it. Let her children have the opportunity to help her. Let her grandchildren have the opportunity to help her. Don't just rush in as the church and negate the responsibility and opportunity 
for children and grandchildren to take care of the needs of this widow. Don't step past that responsibility. See, God is not saying, well, you know, that, that ended. The, the children and grandchildren don't have a responsibility anymore. He's putting them actually before the responsibility of the church to care for this widow. Make sure you give to them and provide them the opportunity to honor their parents. Sometimes we need to be careful that we don't rush in to offer assistance and then set the children aside as if, well, yeah, we don't think you're going to honor your parents, so I guess we need to do it. We don't even give them the opportunity to do it. The responsibility, you see, doesn't end. We are to carry our parents, even when it becomes, what? Burdensome. Even when it slows us down. See, think of the picture of walking through that wilderness. Now, I have the responsibility as I go through the wilderness wandering, as I go from place to place, I have the responsibility not to discard my parent. I have the responsibility not to just say, hey, they're on their own. No, I have the responsibility to carry them to make sure they come along, and that may slow me down. That may slow my plans down. That may slow down what I really want to do. Man, I really wanted to do this this week. I really wanted to do this this year, but mom's sick, dad's sick. I need to slow down my plans for the responsibility that is there. Honor. Your mother and father. I must say that in particularly, I don't want to say it wasn't there before, but in particularly in the past couple of weeks with watching my wife deal with her mother and the problems and difficulty. What an example of honoring. And I see that in others of you. I know you've walked this journey as well. Evidenced your love and care and desire to honor your parents and, 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 to, and, and to realize the responsibility and heaviness and weightiness of that task. This is God's call. But it came with that continuous relationship. Every human being, you see, has parents. And only two who, who didn't could have been, we could say, Adam and Eve, but they had the Lord. So everybody, every human has parents. This is a, a command that comes to everyone. None of us can walk away and say, doesn't apply to me. No, because we're children. And even when our parents pass, it's interesting, with marriage, it is till death do you part. But that is not said of the relationship between parent and child. 
there is almost as if God is still calling us, even though our parents, many of us, have deceased some many years ago, are still called to show an honor, a reverence, a respect that is due them. And God gave a promise with this, did he not, in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. And Paul actually repeats it here in in Ephesians chapter 6. And what is the promise? That you will live long. No, that's the mistake. See, oftentimes we, we, we make God's word say something it doesn't say. It doesn't say that if you honor your parents, you yourself will have a long life. Therefore, everybody who dies young must have dishonored their parents. That is not what the text says. The text says that if you do this as a people, as a nation, I will let you live long in the land that I am giving you. I'm going to let you live long in the land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to let you live long in the land of promise. You as a nation, as a people, shall dwell there for a long time if you keep this commandment. It's not a promise of long life. It's a promise of peace. It's a promise of God's blessing. To exemplify that, yes, God said, whatever child curses his mother and father shall be put to death. As an example. But he wasn't saying everybody who dies young, it's because they dishonored their parent. That's not true. But as a nation, they would live long in the land, in peace, in prosperity, if they were to keep this commandment. It is the first commandment with a promise. That God gives to them. In other words, God is underlining this. He is highlighting this. He is putting exclamation marks by this one. This becomes crucial in the world and in the society of which you are a part. If I see you discarding your parents along the way, if I see you not showing the love and care and concern that you ought to to your parents, then I know where your heart is. And my blessing will not rest upon you as a nation. So there is the first command. To honor your mother and father. Even today. If your parent, your father has passed, this is a day to honor that father. Honor the memory. Pay that respect. That is what is called for. However, when we come to Ephesians chapter 6, things change. My guess is many of you, when I read Ephesians chapter 6, thought we were reading the same thing, right? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Same command as Exodus. No, it isn't. The words have changed significantly. First of all, when you go back to Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, do you know what word does not incur in the command? 
What word isn't there? Children. Honor your father and mother. It doesn't say children honor your father and mother. It says honor your father and mother. Here, we are told children. And you know what the word that is used here means? To be one who is under the roof or care of. One who is a dependent. So this command is narrower than the honor. The honor is the broad commandment. Ephesians 6 is concerned with those who live underneath the roof. Children. Carries with it the idea of a little child. That's why it's not found in Exodus 20, because that was a lifelong responsibility. You're 50 years old and your parents are still alive, honor your parents. You're 70 years old and your parent is still alive, honor your parents. Even when your parent has passed, honor your parent. But here, Paul is dealing with a very specific situation. So if you are someone this morning, okay, who is a dependent child, whether that means you're living under the same roof as, that would make you dependent, or you're on the take, meaning your parents are footing the bill for you to go to college. You're a dependent. If you are depending upon your parent for financial assistance or for a physical environment, then this commandment is for you. This is who Paul is now addressing. The second change is the word obey. In the commandment, we have the word honor. In the text that Paul is speaking of, he uses the word obey. Why? Well, let's, let's just use an example. Let's think of seeing he's in the front row. Charlie gets to be the example. So Charlie has to honor his father. Okay? Now think of the situation. Charlie has to carry... Dave through the wilderness. That's a little tough, isn't it? Right? It's, it's a little tough for little Charlie to carry, to become responsible. How, how is little Charlie going to financially care for dad? He's the dependent. So God doesn't come and say, now you must do this. God comes to Charlie and the like, and says, obey. Here becomes your responsibility. Good case can be made that Exodus chapter 20 was spoken only to adult men in its original context. So who is he addressing? Honor your father and mother. Adult men. Honor your father and mother. But now... Paul comes in Ephesians 6 and says, no, 
we have the responsibility to honor. But for children, children are to obey their parents in the Lord. Meaning, to listen to, to attend to, to follow, to hear, to obey what is heard. When you are told to do something by your parent, you are to obey. When dad says, clean the garage, you are to clean the garage with honor, with respect, with no back talk, with no big mouth. When dad says, it's time to go to church and we're going to Little Farms this morning, you obey. You're under the roof. You're dependent upon the cash. You obey. This is what you do. You don't go, hey, I'm 18 years old, I can do what I want. No, you can't because you're still under the roof or you're still taking the money. You're a dependent. As long as you are a dependent, the responsibility is to obey what is heard. To do what you are told to do. Mow the grass, do the dishes, clean up your room, go apologize for your mother for the way you spoke to her, go sit in the corner for hitting your sister. You are to obey, to do. To do when told. This is how God desires for us to live in a Christian home. This is how God desires for you as children as a believer, as a Christian, to act in your house. To act towards your mom and dad. To listen and to obey. But it comes, you see, with the same repeated promise. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father. Now he quotes, okay, so he's now established the rule. Now he quotes. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. What does that mean? It means to enjoy your salvation. It means to enjoy being God's people. The book of Hebrews clearly shows us that there is a transition from Old to New Testament, that the picture of land was never a thing in and of itself but that the picture of the land of Canaan was always a picture of our eternal salvation. So what Paul is saying to you as children is this. Obey your parents as long as you are a dependent of theirs. I suppose I should also include as long as you're on that insurance card, you're a dependent. You are to obey your parents. If you desire to enjoy all the blessings of God's salvation, if you desire to enjoy the abundant life that Jesus promised, as a Christian, as a believer, as someone who loves Jesus in your heart, 
you want to enjoy all the blessings of that, then obey your parents. If you don't obey your parents, then God withholds some of those blessings that you could be enjoying as a child. Life might be a little more frustrating because you're not living in obedience. But there are some conditional situations. Paul alludes to that, doesn't he? Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. In the Lord. In other words, children, your obedience is conditional. If your parents ask you to do something illegal, immoral, against God's word, against the law that is based upon God's word, then you not only have the duty, you have the responsibility to obey God first of all because he is the priority. His fatherhood takes priority in our lives. So if your parent were to ever say, steal something, you are not to steal. If your parent ever tells you to lie, even on the cell phone, just tell them I'm not here, you are not to obey. If your parent says, you know, I don't think it's important you go to church, then you insist that you go to church. Because to, to obey that parental command is disobedience to God. To make something bigger in life than God that you see happening in your parents' life is not to be that which you do. You're not to follow that example of making an idol of anything in this world. That's one. So it's conditional. Obey your parents unless they ask you to do something that is against the word of God. Secondly, if you're married. Once you are married, God's word tells us that you are to leave your father and mother. In other words, the responsibility to obey goes away. Not the responsibility of to honor. That responsibility stays. But the responsibility to do everything your parents tell you. Dad says, you better get out there and mow the lawn. Doesn't mean you have to get out there and mow the lawn anymore if you're married. Might be good idea, might be wise advice, but it's not the same circumstance. You are now to leave your father and mother. You're not to hold to the wishes and demands of your parents. You don't have to follow that. As I said, it may be wise, it may be good, but you are to leave your father and mother. You have established your own home. Honor them? Absolutely. But the condition is no longer you are the dependent child. You are no longer under the roof. You are taking care of yourself. You are taking care of your own responsibilities. That's why it's such a strange thing, I think, 
when parents sometimes today say, I think you ought to go get your own apartment and here I'll keep paying the bill. Where does that place the child? They're still dependent. They're not independent. It's not good, practical, biblical way of doing things. And it places children in a very awkward situation then. So marriage, but also independence. If it no longer, if you no longer meet the qualification of what Paul used here as children, the con, one who is dependent, you're off on your own, you have your own career, you have your own house, you may not have been married yet, you may be 20 years old, but you're on your own, you're doing your own work. The command is still to honor. But not in the sense of a child who is in the home of the parent. So no, you don't have to come to the Father's Day dinner as a command of the parent. Wise advice? Probably. But it's not the same as it's dinner time, come to the table in the home. And fathers, mothers, we need to learn this. We need to learn to let that go. We need to learn to untie that apron string and understand their own situations, their own environments, okay, that they too bear responsibilities of that home and of that life. But lastly, this is a day to remember your father. It is Father's Day. It's a good day to preach a sermon about honor your father and mother. It's a good day to remember that God gives us a command to obey your parents, children in the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. But it's an even better day, upon a Lord's day, to reflect upon our Father. Not our earthly Father, but our heavenly one. An earthly Father who has entered into a relationship with us, that we have the right to call the Sovereign Lord of heaven and earth our Father. A relationship that is established by what this table symbolizes. A relationship that is established through and only by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This table is a reminder that we are in the Father's family. This table is an invitation from our Father to come as family. He's not calling us as aliens. He's not calling us as disconnected individuals. He's calling us as a family. Come, come. And you see, we are always dependent upon him. See, the, the responsibility to honor and obey him is always there. I'm dependent upon every breath I take upon my father. I'm dependent for my shelter. I'm dependent for my clothing. I'm dependent for my food. I'm dependent on everything to my Father. But especially, I am dependent of my salvation upon my Father. And as a dependent, I come to this table not only to honor, but to obey. My Father has called me. Come. And so we come 
to the table as his obedient children desiring to come. Because he has a great blessing for us here. Some of you might be going to a, a family gathering today and maybe there's a dad who's going to be at a grill and he's going to be cooking up some good steak. And you know, you just know you can smell it. You can smell it in the house. This is going to be a good meal. This is going to be good. Yeah, this is going to be a good meal. Our Father has prepared it for us. It's going to be a blessing. But not only do I need to come to this table remembering the Father's relationship to me, but also my relationship to Him. I am His child. And I have a right to come to this table. I have a right. Yes, it's a privilege. But as a child of the Father, I have a right because I know He cares. I know He loves. I know He is providing the best for me. So I come with an eager expectation of what this Father's Day meal is going to bring. Amen? Father, thank you for your love and mercy and grace given to us in your word so we can read and hear it, but given to us in this meal so that we can hold and taste and smell the truth that you love us as a father in Christ. In his name we pray. God's people say, amen.